And away we go. BCJ Podcast. Presented by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com. Friday night, 7 p.m. I will be at the Grail getting ready to watch the Bearcats take on our good buddy Dana Holgerson and the Houston Cougars in front of dozens of rabid Houston Cougar fans. Um, yeah. So come down and join us. We'll have, uh, we'll have drink specials. We'll have the games on. You can get some great food. And uh, enjoy a night downtown at the Banks with your good friends at Bearcat Journal. Let's get this show on the road. Hi, Dave. Good evening. Uh, are you going to come down? It's a 7 o'clock kickoff this time, so a little earlier. Highly unlikely. Come on. You can come and have fun. I was gonna, you got to ask the, the fellas down there. Uh, maybe they could do like a Red Bull and vodka special, you know, in in honor of Dana or something. <laughs> Your Jaeger I mean, Jaeger bomb shots or something. <laughs> it would be a fitting tribute. It would. It would. Just uh, Red Bull and anything. Yeah. Red Bull and anything, mate. Absolutely. But uh, no, I I don't know. Probably not, if we're being honest. I probably will not make an appearance. All right. I mean, we'd love to see you. I'm, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I mean, I would be nice. But, uh, well, we, uh, we do have a lot to get to tonight. So uh, let's get started. And uh, we will get our first ad read in tonight, Dave. Um, we have good news. We got good news today. Our good friends at Team Ticker. Yeah. They are now, there's a Team Ticker in every suite in Fifth Third Arena. That's fantastic. I know. Pretty cool. And I've got more good news for you. Okay. For your brother. Oh, they get they sign a deal with WVU, West Virginia. It's in the pipeline, so it's Michigan State, Penn State, and uh, and West Virginia is coming. Nice uh, for team ticker. So pretty fantastic there. Absolutely. Um, twenty five percent off your purchase. Twenty five dollars or twenty five dollars. <laughs> we do it all the time. Good catch. TeamTicker.com for more information. Um, get it for your house. Get it for your man cave. Uh, put it in your dorm room. Uh, it, would, it would go great in your office, like in your cubicle at work. Just hang that bad boy up on the, the portable wall. <laughs> the fight song plays, like you got to have an agreement there. Like if the fight song plays, I get to leave. Because there's a UC game happening and I have to go. Hopefully you're not working in a spot where you're like still there in a cubicle at, you know, seven o'clock on a Saturday night or something. You would hope not, but you know. I, mean, I know people got to grind, but. <laughs> but that's our friends, teamticker.com. Check them out. Get the Bearcat. Get the Sea Paul. Aaron's got the Bearcat. Um, they're fantastic. It's great to have. 
There you see the bear cat. There you see the sea paw. All right, Dave. Uh, I, I kind of saved this for you because I wanted your thoughts. Okay. Saturday for me kind of just put everything in perspective. Yeah. Outside of the Baylor game, because I don't, I didn't feel Baylor was extremely like superiorly talented. Um, from what we've seen, that was two of the most mid-level AAC teams uh, of a game that I can like. It just, it's just jumped out in my head that like this is not the same football I've been watching the last six weeks. No thoughts. I, Am I crazy I in that? Like I just, I just saw a bunch of very average mid football. Yeah, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I, I think, and it, it's you know we're, you know whatever whatever analogy you want to use. We're obviously in the midst of a seven game losing streak, so we've said a lot of the same things. Yeah, several I times this might be a little bit different of a conversation, showing, but like, I just it's the same. Like, I'm not, I'm clearly not going to say that like UC is better or should have won or anything because no, no, I'm not saying it. that at all. I'm saying when watching both teams, neither of those teams looked anything like Iowa State, Oklahoma, no. right? Oklahoma State, like that, that they, they did not look like the same. No, level of and, and what I wouldn't, there. I didn't expect them to. I'm um, not like I didn't either, yeah. but what just I'm just seeing it. I mean, like seeing it, watching the game, those were two average AAC teams that we watched for over a decade. Yeah, but I didn't like I knew that going in, so I did too. <laughs> I don't, Jeez. I don't, I just didn't look at like I don't look at it as like I didn't go these guys. You know, I nothing that I saw from either of them made me go, "Oh my gosh, these guys are like, you know." Good. Yeah, I I knew that <laughs> already. I know. I'm I'm just it's like seeing it. I'm I'm a big see it in person, like gauge what's happening. What's why we're at the games? To, yeah. Like gauge what's happening, and I, I just those two teams didn't look like a lot of what else I've seen. Yeah, That's, I mean they're. No, they, cer they certainly don't. And that's why at times UC has had a first half with Oklahoma State where they're right there or had a first, had, you know, more or less a, a full game with, with Baylor where it's kind of back and forth. Baylor took the lead, you know, towards the end, UC tried to come back. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's what, the, f the first time since September that UC had a lead in the fourth quarter? Second half. Not fourth quarter, just, just, just second half. The entire so, yeah. second half. The last um, time they had a lead in the second half was the Miami game. Yeah, you you know, it's 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 literally Groundhog's Day, man. Outside of a, of a couple halves, or you know, Iowa State slash Oklahoma, it's like, hey, guess what? We uh. Had 500 plus yards again. Didn't didn't really matter. It's you know oh yeah you know, it's just it's Groundhog's Day in in so many areas and I think that's where the 
especially for Jeff and I Sunday morning, that was where the, the main frustration um, lies is just like you, you kind of combat, you have two competing thoughts is like, my, my thoughts are like bad teams can't do that. Like if you're legitimately a bad team, you, you can never have 500 yards, like 500 yards. Of right. right. Let alone have it the vast majority of your games. Um, but yet you're a bad team because you're two and seven and you keep losing games in the same fashion. Right. So, you know, yeah, bad teams don't do those things, but bad teams do continually make the same mistakes and continually find ways to not execute in those most high leverage plays that truly do determine winning and losing. So, you know, it's... I'm almost to the point now where it's like, I I would I'm I'll accept like a loss to Houston if we just if we lose, but we do some of the things that we've done badly, however many weeks in a row, more correct, and we just and we just happen to lose, and it's like they just played better and they were better on that day, and we did some good things, but they did more good things versus like. We did all the same good things we keep doing and all the same bad things we keep doing. And we, you know, right. and that's where you come up with a two point loss. Yep. I just, I, that wasn't a commentary on either team specifically, but it's a commentary on what my part, part on what we've seen as we've watched other Big 12 teams. That didn't look like, like two veteran Big 12 teams. No, it, but it, it's indicative of like, all of the, you know, I haven't seen as much B. I I mean, I, I honestly haven't seen as much. I don't think, I thought um, BYU was about the same level as you see in Central Florida. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen as much as those teams as I probably should based on, like, other games of interest and, and watching those over their games. But, like, I mean, Houston is kind of in the same situation. Like, they can yeah. win a – I mean, they have two wins out of their last four that are pretty miraculous, less so the Baylor win, more so obviously the West Virginia win. But then in between there, you have a game where they hung till the very end at Texas and then were just absolutely demolished the next week against Kansas State. So it's like these teams, when they build on things and when they do things correctly, they can win some of these games or – compete with Texas or UC defensively compete with Oklahoma. But in the grand scheme of it and the totality of it, they're just not, they're not good enough right now. Whether that's coaching, whether that's frontline talent, whether that's depth now that we're in the, you know, towards the very end of the season and they're just not good enough. And more times than not, you're going to see, I mean, you know, like I said with Houston, I mean, you need an overtime to go for two and overtime to win at Baylor and a miraculous Hail Mary to beat West Virginia, or they've lost four games in a row to go into this game just like you know, yeah. similar situation you see. Yep. Hey, I think I'm going to get bumped. Yeah, you're knocked. pretty choppy. <laughs> 
off here. So before we get into like a big conversation, let me reset this VPN. Okay. Dave's going to reset his VPN. Aaron is uh, not available at the moment. So uh, I guess I'll just hang out and chat for a while. If you guys have any questions while Dave resets his VPN, fire away. Uh, and we'll get to them. <laughs> Gotta love technology. I just, uh, right now, I don't want to, I don't want to start, like Dave said, don't want to start previewing Houston and, uh. Sorry, we, we have kids off school tomorrow, so we were settling things in. You got me? Okay. Are we good? Yeah, I got you. All right. You're back. All right. Excellent. There we go. Oh, I only reset the damn thing how many times a day with work and <laughs> never never fails. Like a little after eight o'clock. It, it if I haven't like reset it right before, it does this. But um but no, it's I think the the frustration, at least from my standpoint, is the like I you know, if you're two and ten, and you're just—it's just blatantly obvious that you were for could be one reason, could be ten reasons that you just weren't set up for this transition in this year. Like, I—I I think we'd all be frustrated, but we—we we could understand that more. I think the frustration comes from the fact of like you see things that are good, but then you yeah, but still not enough. Right, not enough, and you still see the same things happening over and over again. Um, because those are the things that they're bad at. Yeah, you're, you have a two-point <laughs> loss to to UCF, a three, whatever the what Baylor was, what, three? Yeah. You know, so uh, you're, you're right in the game with Oklahoma State at halftime. You know, it's I think that's where the, the problem is. If you just if we just were like, man, this this year, oh buddy, <laughs> the the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve is loaded and we're making this jump and it's you know, and we had the transition and all that stuff, like So your be, problem is that they're close to ready. Yeah. And not that like you would feel better about it if they were I wouldn't feel better, but it would be easier to be right. It'd be easier to discuss like it'd be easier to discuss. It'd be easier to handle. You can just say, like, we're just not we're not there yet. But like I said, like you can't just you know play pretty good in a lot of different areas at different times and keep coming up short. That is the I think the frustrating part. It's definitely frustrating, but I think that's the understandable part of nobody's saying this is an awful roster. They're saying it's a roster that is, is good in some spots. It's really good in a spot or two, and then really bad in a couple spots. And that's a team that's not ready to make that, that leap from where they were in the American to where they are in the big 12, which it is frustrating because you don't feel like, they, they should be winless in the league and on a seven-game losing streak based on a lot of the way that they've played in more than a couple of the games. But you weren't good enough to get over the hump in any of those games. Like they're, they're just not all – like, there's not enough depth. There's not enough 
high-end, high-end talent. And that's – I think I've told this story before, Dave, but I was talking to someone last year as they got towards, like, the, the back two or three games of the season about a lot of those ups and down, up and down games and, like, what was happening, why the offense was backsliding. And they said, look, like, we had a three-year window where every time we went out on the field, the other team was here and we were up here. And this year, there's no separation. Like, when we're going out onto the field, yeah, we got a couple of good players. They got a couple of really good players. But there's not that, like, what Oklahoma State looked like or what Iowa State looked like up against UC. Yeah, when you are playing just a across the board better better level of competition week in and week out, you know I I haven't looked at the 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 rankings of some of the analytical sites and whatnot, but like you know for a good while, almost the entire league was in the top fifty. I'm sure that of whatever you wanted to look at, I'm yeah. sure that's not not the case now. Somewhere in the sixties and seventies, but just think about that. So when, when that's the case, and you have a couple areas that are just not playing well at all, it is so much easier for teams to exploit those areas. Right. When you're in the AAC or the MAC or whatever the conference is, you could have those same issues, but those teams just aren't able to exploit it. Not because they're necessarily bad, but they're just they're just not good enough at those same positions to be like, oh, you guys are really struggling in the secondary. Well, we'd love to take advantage of that, but our receivers are just kind of okay, or our quarterback is a is a young guy and he's just not there yet. You know, I mean, everybody that listens to this for any amount of time, dating back to the last couple of years, I mean, outside of UC. UCF and then the random other team, depending on the year, every AAC team was like 70th or worse. Right. In SP plus. Now there's nobody in that category. Nobody below 50. So when you have areas that you're not great at, it didn't it didn't matter. Even though UC at that time did did wasn't in that type of situation. It wasn't like they had right whole position groups where they were like, oh man, this, this is a mess kind of right now. But even if they did, it wouldn't have mattered. Cause I mean, those teams weren't good enough to exploit it. And now, now they are. And so having one or two spots where you don't feel great about the other team can just go, yeah, we love to do this, but man, they are really bad at that. So we're just going to do that. Cause it's, it's what cracked me up in the beginning of the BYU game when BYU tried to, established the run for like the first three series and four series and moved the ball, what, like 12 yards and all the way up until that last drive. Yeah. Like, establish the run against this defense. Like you're, you probably should fire a coach on the spot. It doesn't have to be the offensive coordinator, but somebody in, in that, on that offensive staff that said, we're going to go into the Cincinnati game and establish the run and not test their pass defense. The assistant running back coach has got to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah. <coughs> um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's it's rinse and repeat, Groundhog Day, whatever. I mean, it's it's kind of you know we're trying to you know unfortunately having to put different words on the same stuff, and I know it it probably sounds like you know Charlie Brown at this point, um, you know, a teacher or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I would, I would feel it's, it's this, I would, you know, I would think of it the same way, but I mean, it'd be nice to talk about a dub. (laughs) I would enjoy that. Like genuinely enjoy that. Uh, Get to a couple of these real quick. Are the Bearcats a three loss team in the American? Maybe. Uh, maybe, depending on who they're playing. Uh, like what think, their schedule I, look like, right? I don't think outside of Tulane that, that anybody's that great, but uh, right. but it just depends. Dave, what do, you, what do you make of team meetings where players and coaches air their grievances and try and come to some sort of common understanding? Will it be beneficial? If they win? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think it, you know, those things, I don't know. I mean, if you're, if they're they're cliche to some extent, um, but I'm we're not in the meeting, so I don't know. It's it's hard to say how valuable a meeting is if I'm not actually in the meeting. I don't know what the, what the content of the discussion is. I can't right. really. I don't know who them. won. There's yeah, an I argument. I don't know who won. I can't really weigh in on the the validity of it. Uh, I mean, I think, and I think uh, Coach Satterfield has has mentioned this a little bit. Like, there's a lot of dudes that, even in this losing streak, that are playing their butts off and they care a lot. And if that wasn't the case, you probably wouldn't have these types of situations. Because one, the players would be like, yeah, I'm not really interested. And B, the coaches would already be thinking about, like, how are we turning over this roster? And we're not going to waste our breath on some come to Jesus kumbaya meeting with three, you know, with three games left when we're, when we know what's going to happen. So, but like I said, at the same time, like, you know, I don't know. It, it's it's a team meeting where everybody's pissed off. Again, I've talked about it before. If these things aren't happening, I'm more worried. Yeah, they should all be like, pissed off. They've lost right. seven damn games in a row. <laughs> right. If we had seven months straight where our numbers were falling across the board, I'd be real pissed off all the time. And we just did like, the same the same yeah. things every week. We weren't doing anything to change it. We weren't improving. Numbers keep falling. Uh yeah, like I would be I would be pretty pissed off. I'd be yelling at somebody, probably Aaron. Um, but somebody. <laughs> I don't know. It, we'll see. If they win, it was a great meeting. It's a great meeting. If they lose, it didn't. I mean, but not. like what what is what is more likely the reason they won? Because they had a meeting or they didn't turn the That's, ball over. And that's the sarcasm. Right, that's exactly. The sarcasm in it. If, yeah. If they win, the meeting worked. No matter what. Right. Everybody got on the same page. Yeah, we, we were better in the red zone because of the meeting. 
and that helped us win this on, game on Sunday. <laughs> right. <laughs> Six days ago. If we didn't have that, that meeting, moment. I don't know if we would have done on third down. Right. I don't know if we would have come together and practice all week. Now that part might be true, depending on how sure where the the fault line was. Who knows? So maybe that was the meeting, Dave. I don't know. But if they lose, the meeting didn't matter at all. No. <laughs> Just a waste of if time. You win. You win. It's a great meeting. Uh, how much of an impact has Emory made in the recruits uh, of Florida and Arizona State transfers? Or yeah. I know he had a, a big part in Xavier Henderson because they were like had a you know were tight. Uh, I don't know about the Arizona State guys. Just DJ Taylor and uh, it had Carter Brown impact on the kicker coming for the real. Might have. Maybe they were kicking it. I don't know. Uh, does that change people's minds on why the staff went after Emory? Probably not. No. Is it worth discussing? Not really. At this point, they went out and they got a guy that's that's he's worked, he's played his ass off. He's been a stand-up guy that has stood in front of the microphone every time we've had him answer questions, never deflected, never did what some guys do and just decline uh like a post game. You got a bad game, the quarterback has to come talk. There's plenty of those guys that say no. Like that. No, I'm good, man. I'm not coming. Yeah, this isn't the NFL. Like he could very right. easily just be like, not interested. And what what's a sports information director going to do? Like drag you down to the media room? No, it's not. <laughs> Sometimes guys just don't want to talk to us. He has not done that. I I have a lot of respect and admiration for the guy, and it, it hasn't fully worked out yet with him being the quarterback of the Bearcats. But that doesn't that doesn't mean he sucks. It doesn't mean he's been awful. It's just been not quite what they good enough for what they need in the passing game. Yeah. Dave underestimates the effectiveness of a come to Jesus meeting. Oh buddy, I've I know all about it. <laughs> Come to Jesus meeting. I had one of those my freshman year of college. Uh, so I, I do know about the effectiveness. Uh, Brian wants to know how many years rebuild do you guys foresee? I mean, I think that's more of an off-season question. Yeah. Because um, we could probably go into it pretty pretty granularly and i don't know if this is the spot to do it but um you know how do, how would you like to go about that uh i think next year is going to be really interesting because again you're, you're probably going to lose a, a pretty good piece of the core to graduation and the portal, let's not kid ourselves. Um, I think next year needs to be a heavy focus on making sure you have an actual foundation. Instead of just trying to plug holes. Like, that's the problem with last offseason. You get a new coaching staff come in. Well, obviously, what, what was number one, Dave? We got to go get wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Like, 
we because we like, like legitimately city. like did not have any. They had one, well mm-hmm. two, and then one guy left halfway through spring. Yeah. So oh shit, we got to go. Okay, this is immediate. We know we need more help in the secondary. Let's go try to find that. And you're not able to fully like be in a position where you're being selective. You're being reactive and not proactive. And that's just a rough place to be. Like if you look at the teams generally that hit in the portal, they're hitting like, like what Luke Fickle did in that team, that window where they had all these great players stacking up. Okay. Well, we need a safety. We go get Brian cook. Okay. We need a linebacker. We go get Darian Beavers. Like, you know, they didn't have to be crazy about it. They could just say, this is a little spot here, a little spot there. Boom, hit the transfer portal, and you keep moving. Now, I mean, if you're bringing in another 15, 12, 15, 18 guys, the transfer portal, at least this time around, you have some knowledge of where they fit on your roster. Well, and, so you, that right. and, and you know, like, like I knowing the who's leaving, like, automatically leaving not just like speculatively leaving right, like right, right, right. they're going to need more wide receivers and more dbs yeah one because they're going to need... they don't need hopefully they don't need an entire room's room. worth of one of them right uh, but yeah like that's where you're not strong right no question you know wide receivers because you have several that are exhausting eligibility and defensive backs because you you know, need to get much better there. Significantly. Across the board at every spot. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I, I've, I've thought about it some, but I haven't thought about it enough to, like, go into a, a meaningful discussion on it at this point. But I agree in the sense of, like, I think this this portal year is is vastly different because like you said last port this past portal year was you know plugging holes putting a roster together that yes you're obviously wanting to win games but like you just need staff together you needed dudes (laughs) to run spring practice like you right I mean how many times did we talk about Leslie Ando and no, you know, in the in the right. spring? Like, <laughs> yeah, we we, you know, you're you, attacking the portal is is different when you're. Yes, you could you could do the whole like yes, we have tons of playing time to offer, but when you're needing so many guys, you don't really have the luxury of like honing in on one or two big time dudes. And seeing how that plays out, and then possibly missing out on them, you know, when you need seven or eight guys, and you and right. you and you essentially end up wasting the time to get to fill out a, a roster. It, I think it's going to be different. I think it's. I'm hoping it's going to be different. I'm hoping it's more. You know, now that they have a better understanding of what is likely to return, you know what even though it was smaller, like what from the freshman class could possibly be looked at as 
a a two deep contributor next year. Right. You know, you have the the much larger incoming freshman class that that will need to hit, but will need that will probably be 2025, 2026. But that is right. where you need to build the you know if these if this staff is going to be successful and it's going to be built on the the backbone and the depth of that class, this 2024 class. Because we've talked about it, you and I have, about how the 2021 and 2022 classes to date have not panned out. Yeah, and you could definitely make an argument that like the the 2018 class, not the half class that Pitt got, but the the you know Malik and right. Josh and those guys, like that was absolutely the foundation for everything. Yes. You know, from the top of that class to the bottom of that class, there were guys that contributed for a long time. Right. So I asked you a question then, Dave. What's that? Do you go Mark D'Antonio, what, seven, six, five, 2005? When they were the third youngest defense in the country and one of the top 10 youngest teams in the country? Yeah. And they just turned it over to the, like, true freshman. Are you and saying just said, like, like next year? Yeah. Um, Take your licks. Let them learn. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. I mean, it, it paid off for D'Antonio. It kind of paid off for Pickle playing all those young guys really early. Um, the sport is vastly different, especially from D'Antonio. Not as much in football, but I mean, if you did that, I mean, it's, it's what Iowa State kind of did this year, and it's worked. I mean, Iowa State did it did it because their team got thrown off from gambling. They, I don't think they would have done it. Sure, but they had to, and they did, and it's worked out pretty well. But they still have dudes that are in the secondary that are going to be drafted in the first round, and the second round, and like, oh, yeah, that helps. <laughs> I mean, I just I look at it as like, okay, if you're gonna do that, and you know, let's give it. Let's say they win one more game this year and they go three and nine. What is your realistic expectation if you do that next year? And then, if you do that, you are going into 2025, like absolutely needing to take not just like a hey, we made a bowl, like a Hey, we're kind of like in the thick of it with the Big Twelve Championship in the in October, in November. I, I mean, I, but I will just say, Dave, the two greatest stretches in UC football history were on the backs of guys that, by the time they were seniors, had been playing substantially since they were freshmen. Yeah, but if you do that, and that does, that the staff will not be there to see that through. Unless something big happens, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm just saying, I, I, that would be a bridge too far for me if I was them. What if it worked? And all of a sudden, you go into 2025 with a bunch of dudes you feel really comfortable with. I mean, yes. If you knew it was going to work, then yeah, I would do it. Okay, great. <laughs> But, but um 
Ryan, I don't know. We've given our thoughts on quarterback. At, at what point? I, I thought we should have seen more of him a couple, like two weeks ago. Last week, I understand. Um, Emory was playing well. So I don't know why you 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 mix it up in a, in a game you had a chance to win. Um, I just, I don't know. I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean. I wouldn't Coach be surprised said, at anything on Saturday, honestly. That's Coach not, said, I, don't, I don't know. Scott said in the press conference that they are absolutely trying to win these last three games, and I absolutely agree. Um, and then he said last night at the coaches show that to expect Brady to get more opportunities this week. What that means, I don't know. I think you can do both things. Uh, that's why I've said like I would be for him. That's why I was for him starting, but with all yeah. the starters, like not just like a hey, we're turning the whole thing over. Like I don't, I wouldn't learn anything about him if you did that. <laughs> right. Um, so, you know, maybe he sees a couple more series. Maybe, you know, it's dependent on everything you say on, uh, Tuesday and Tuesday night is all well and good until you get into a game and you're not going to do or not do something in a game because you said something four days right. earlier. You right. know, the game is going, the game and the game flow and the, is going to dictate like, you know, how, how those things are handled. I think right. it would be absolutely asinine to be like, well, I said he was going to play this many series and I know we were winning or I know that Emery was playing great, but, you know, I said it on Tuesday, so I got to stick to what I said. <laughs> um, let's get to Houston. What do you got? Let's get this over with. Let's talk some basketball here soon. Uh, let's see. So, like I said, they've had kind of a little bit of everything the last four weeks. You know, the, the crazy Hail Mary win against West Virginia, the the close loss where they probably got screwed on a call that didn't decide the game. But, I mean, if they'd have gotten the first down there, instead of being ruled short, they would have at least had one more opportunity to score a touchdown and, and tie the game or potentially win it if they – if Dana really, you know, let his nuts hang and went for two there to win the game, follow that up with a 41 nothing loss at Kansas State and then one last week at what is a pretty bad Baylor team by one in overtime where they did go for two in the win uh, on the road. So, you know, that's the fine line of it. Like, they've won two of these games that UC has lost. Yep. And, and they're, you know four and five on the year, I think, and two and whatever in, in conference, and UC's two and seven. So, And they've got a quarterback that can – He's playing well. Donovan Smith is playing well. Nine touchdown passes in his last four games. Over 70% completion in three of his last four. He's a big dude, 6'5", 240. Uh, he's got some running ability. He's rushed for – uh, 250 yards and five touchdowns on the year. Uh, he has the actually the most rushes of anybody on the team. But they are a pass. They ain't trying to run the ball. No, they're not trying to run the ball. Parker Jenkins is their leading rusher with only 74 carries for 350 yards and three touchdowns. 
and he hasn't broke 30 yard, yards Dang. in three of the last four games. So like he's they been, might he's not been, they might not they might not run a play. Oh. I, no, like they might not hand off once. I mean, Donovan Smith, Donovan Smith run or Donovan <laughs> Smith pass, <laughs> right? Yeah, they I mean, might when not hand off to a back once. When you're when your leading rusher hasn't gone over thirty yards in in three of the last four games, like I'm not really counting you as a a running threat. Um, they are a throw it team, and they have some dudes that will go get it. Sam Brown, almost eight hundred yards, three touchdowns. Joseph Manjack. You know, all these guys have over 35 catches, 435 yards, four touchdowns. Matthew Golden, 38 catches for over 400 yards, six touchdowns. Like, yeah, like you said, like, if they hand the ball off to running backs 15 times, I will be stunned. (laughs) Ten. I'll take ten and a half, and I'll take the under. Like, I wouldn't – you know, Dana's nuts. He'll be like, we're just going to throw it. Like, we're not even going to – why try to run at that defensive front? Which hasn't been as good, but they are not good running the ball. So, you know, it, right. it would. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I definitely think that this is a, you know, let's hope that maybe some, some you know, Kalen Carroll can, can build off of. I thought he had a fairly solid game. Um, you know, I don't. UCF did not. I mean, they had the two passes that jump out to me on the one in their own end where I wasn't really sure why we were blitzing a corner in that situation that they ended up getting 35 on. And then just one over the top, like 40-yarder, which, I mean, we've been – that's not like a surprise. I mean, but they didn't – it wasn't like – At least one. It wasn't like they were just dropping back and chucking it all over the place and guys were running wide open and – like we had seen in some other situations. So um, they are 13th in, in red zone offense and in the conference. So, you know, a lot of – they're about middle of the pack in touchdown percentage, but nothing nothing great. I mean, they're still in the average and right around the same as you see. It's like a, just a shade over 25 points a game. So the, the offense is playing better um, recently, but – like they needed overtime to score 20, 25 at Baylor. They didn't score against Kansas State. They scored twenty four against Texas, and then I think they were in the thirties against um, the low thirties against West Virginia. But seven of that or six of that came on the last play of the game. Yeah. So they've been in the twenty point, you know, mid twenties, just like UC has. So you know, Donovan Smith certainly though is is playing good football. Like that needs to be said. And they have three very skilled, very legitimate receivers. Does so, Randy Lochtenfeld really think we that we can't see his disguise? <laughs> is, is that is that is that Brady Lichtenberg? <laughs> Brady, you're gonna have to do a better job coming up with an alias. I mean, we already have a Dan Simon. Like, come on. <laughs> Oh, for everybody, here you go. Uh, play like a bird. <laughs> play your gosh, play the walk-ons. <coughs> but, I mean, Randy Lochtenfeld and Brady Lichtenberg, it's a little it's a little too obvious. You're not tricking us, Randy. <laughs> if that really is your name. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, he says, I have nothing to hide. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Defen- defensively, I mean, they. I think they have two guys, two guys especially that are playing, playing pretty good. Nelson, uh, I don't know if it's Cesar or Caesar. Defensive end has eight sacks, so that's certainly a. That's a big dude too, right? Uh, yeah, a concern. Uh, Malik Fleming, ECU transfer. So our our fans are somewhat familiar. He's got three interceptions. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> I mean, I know who he is. But... <laughs> Uh, and then Isaiah Hamilton has three interceptions, but um, I mean they're they're last in the conference in third down defense. They're last in passer rating allowed. Which the last time we played the team that was last in passer rating allowed, allowed we completed two passes in the first half. So <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's a, a good omen or not. Um, right. And then they're they're thirteenth in tackles for loss. So even though. This guy's got eight sacks, and I think another one of their defensive linemen has four. They're not making a ton of plays um, in the backfield, which would lend me to think that they're not getting a lot of negative plays in the run game. That And they're not a huge sack team. Like I think they have 18 or 19, and these, these guys have 12 of that number. So um, they have given up a punt and kickoff return for a touchdown. So I don't know. They've if, also got like three of their own, don't they? I don't know. If they, I don't know. Not that that was in the in the recent years. With um, they don't. I don't think they have any this year. I think they do. I think Sat said something about it. I looked it up. I did not see them with any. Okay. Uh, I could be wrong, but I mean, I I'm fully anticipating us running the ball well because that's what we essentially do for the most part. I mean, and especially right now, like we are finally breaking those. 20 plus 30 plus yard runs. Uh, you know, we are 225 ish, 226 a game. Like, I think we'll run the ball well. And can we, you know, can we do the things that we haven't done well? I mean, can we, can we be consistent in the passing, a little more consistent in the past? I thought Emory was better, like, his, his completion percentage was much higher than it had been. Um, you know, just can we not turn the ball over? It's certainly not going to be a ruckus crowd. Um, well, everybody there is probably going to be drinking Red Bull, so it might be raucous. Yeah, all nine hundred and twenty-seven people in attendance. So yeah, but you know, can we can we stop? I know I stop is a terrible analogy. Can we? Um, not even an analogy word to use. Can we uh, prevent them from having a stellar day passing and just keep right. it uh, manageable? Yeah. Right. That'll that'll two hundred and sixty three yards passing. I'll take it. I mean, how many touchdowns though? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's kind of where that's really all I've got. On them, I thought we judge games in yards now. Yeah, I, I wish. I, I am tracking something because we've we in the preseason we made a pretty uh, we, we we referenced it a lot the old 200, 200 club, and I'm tracking it with three games to go. I will I I will tell you that there are not many teams that are part of the 200, 200 club this year, and the Bearcats and 
the Golden Knights of Central Florida are the only two with losing records <laughs> that are in the 200-200 club. Yeah. Deeper-seated issues. <laughs> so, and I, I'm pretty sure UC is going to to finish the season there because obviously they, I mean, I shouldn't say obviously, but they're at like 225 rushing and 226 passing. So it's going to yeah. take some some pretty low numbers in one or multiples of these last three games to keep them from from averaging plus in both of those. Right. And you have a couple teams that are on that list that are on the fringes that could technically fall off. So we're looking at we could be looking at less than 10 teams in that in that Crazy. space and you got like 9 and 0 Liberty, 7 and 2 Tennessee, 8 and, <laughs> 8 and 1 Oregon, like and then 2 and 7 UC. <laughs> Life comes at you fast, Dave. Yeah, buddy. Life comes at you fast. You got a prediction for us? Uh, 3128 Houston. I think it's going to be a lot like the UCF game. Who's going to make the play? Yeah. And I mean, until this team makes the play. Yeah, we've been waiting for two, two months to, to make say, the play. To say, like, this guy finally was the one that made the play. Right. Yep. Hasn't happened. Uh, all right, let's uh, timestamp that. Our good friends at Turtle Fruit. We've got new information, Dave. Turtle Fruit is now expanding all across Ohio with over 100 locations, including now in Cleveland. So go to turtlefruit.com and you can find out where Turtle Fruit is being sold near you and also dave we have uh we've got an updated bottle the milk jug is gone my friend look at those that is pretty i mean that's big time big time from our friends at turtles room i gotta be honest i'm partial to the milk jug because <laughs> you want a handle to carry it around that's you how you get your ticker. that's how you get your sweet tea, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Take the team ticker thing. Well, I mean, it's how um that's how bottles of, like there are bottles of tea that look like that. Just saying, if you get your sweet like tea, gold leaf. It's yeah, a, it's in a it's in a it's jug. In a like you just want the handle. That's what yeah. you want. <laughs> what makes it hand, easier to get into my, my gullet? Yeah, I need a handle on all my liquor. <laughs> it's personal preference yeah so that be on the lookout for the new turtles brew bottles at a distributor near you and uh i mean you you guys know the deal on turtles brew by now dave loves it it's one of his favorite things zero sugar zero carbs it's gluten-free bourbon infused sweet tea they have lemonade tea cherry lime raspberry peach orange vanilla Strawberry Mint, turtlesbrew.com. Again, over 100 locations now, more than 50 in the greater Cincinnati area, 6% ABV. A portion of proceeds go to Save the Sea Turtles. This is in Cincinnati, Toledo, Cleveland, and Central Ohio. 100 locations. Get you some Turtles Brew. 
All right, Dave, you want to talk a little basketball? Sure. Opening night for the Bearcats on Monday. I actually uh, watched was, the majority of the game. I know you were tweeting along. I was. Uh, you were doing your homework. I was I very watched impressed. Some, watched some of the second half. Uh, so, give me your thoughts, Dave. Uh, we we've had a couple shows now. Um, to give ours, what were your initial thoughts from opening night? Uh, my first initial thought was loved that three of the five starters were headbands. Uh, you know, I would like to see more headbands. I I think uh, Jizzle and Dan and even John Newman would look great in a headband. <laughs> what and, did you say? Somebody needed a, a, a knee, and, an, an arm sleeve? Yep, CJ needs an arm sleeve. And then we'd be right back to like early 2000s Bearcats. Vic did lose that. Vic did lose the headband before the end of the game. Also a good move. Not sure he's the one I want wearing the headband. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm big on the you know the the throwing it back to some headbands and arm sleeves. Uh, but in a more serious on the court manner, I uh, I was just I enjoyed watching Danny Thomas play basketball, and I I thought for his first game, and for what you had had told us, and I thought he he did a lot of. A lot of fun things and played with good pace and and attacked when there was room to attack and uh i i made a, a funny joke to you on text i don't know if i should share it but it was very refreshing to see both him and jizzle truly attack the rim yeah based on uh what we have seen in recent years i mean i had people tell me i was just making up excuses when i would talk about this offense lacks somebody that can just beat you off the bounce can just say give me a ball screen or give you know clear and let me go and i'm going to get to the rim and there's even not the, really a even, damn thing even anybody it's can do not about. like even not though in that situation just like going up to the rim and not switching to your other hand and Putting your body, trying to like yeah, fin- well, but that's, what I, like, that's to me that's not getting to the rim. I mean, a shot at the rim. That's yeah, but it's not <laughs> to, like a dude that can get to the rim is a dude that gets actually right. to the rim, right? Not eighteen inches below the rim, falling out of bounds. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> Excuse me, but uh, no, Defense, I, I defenses don't have to fear that guy that's falling out of bounds. Yeah. I just thought uh, I, I just enjoyed watching him play. I'm sure there will be games where I don't enjoy watching him play as much, but what <laughs> right. one game one game in we have a small sample size. Um, CJ Frederick is as advertised as a shooter. That was that was nice to see. Um, I I really loved it. It happened on two of the threes where it was catch and shoot. But he was in motion when he caught the ball. Yeah, like when the guy's already like turning as he's catching it. Right. You know, not catch, shoot. Well, but what's the difference there, Dave? Now you don't have to wait for the guy to come all the way off the screen, then right. loop around and find his way back to the the like set position at the three point line. Mm-hmm. You can run a guy off an elevator screen or off a baseline screen, which they did both of, and 
just throw him the ball as he's on the way because he's going to catch it. And when he lands, shoulder square, feet square. And they, they certainly didn't have a, a good three point shooting night, but they, there were no. a lot. I mean, it was good looks and they, they didn't go in. So, and I'm not, you know, I still kind of wonder, like, outside of him, who, who are we truly uh, counting on to be, like, good, good from distance? So I think that's. Demos still... can really shoot it. I, I know really? he had a terrible night, but he, he shot at it a really high clip at Butler. Like, yeah. On a lot of volume. In a major league, he can um, shoot the ball. I guess on the other end of things, and I know Wes talked after the game about being happy with how they defended the three. I think UIC was two for 16. He had some concerns about, you know, he mentioned a couple guys' names that, you know, he felt they felt were very good shooters. All that withstanding especially the first half, like, was just a parade to the basket defensively. Like, that was right. frust- that was frustrating to me. I know you're trying – I mean, even if you're trying to keep him from sh- shooting threes, like, come on. I have guys. another like, thing that crossed my mind that I want to ask next time I get a chance to. I wonder how much these new – especially Wes had a defensive system that was very – alert to the opportunity to step in and take an off ball charge. Yeah. And I saw twice guys not do what they had normally done in the system where they slid in and took the contact where they just know now it's going to be called a block and, and there's nothing you can really do about it. If you're not the on ball defender, I'm curious if that is still impacting things where guys adjust to that. I mean, Maybe, but like, I'm not saying it's the sole reason. They're not. I mean, there was no rim protection. They I'm just saying something I mean, else to watch out for, which could be teams having to adjust to not having guys look for charges. Like, I, mean, I would say, to like, I, I would defenders say, are trained to look for the charge. Make make the refs call it. Right now, that's not a fun thing. Like, they are in the beginning of the season where they are going to call it every time now. You got to wait until, like, mid-December before they stop doing what they've been trained to do. (laughs) Until the initiatives are out the window. Right. Yeah. No, and I'm sure that's not, like, a a zero factor, but... They would look a lot better with... One of the guys sitting over on the bench. Well, yeah, but even such, it wasn't like they were only getting buckets at the rim because the help side defender was hesitant to uh, come over and and maybe pick up a blocking call. I mean, I noticed two or three times the help side defender reacted differently than I've seen them react in two years under Wes. Okay, I think they made one shot outside of the paint in the first half. So what happened on the other, like, 15? A date. I, Jesus fucking Christ, man. I'm not saying that's the only reason. I've made that very clear. Well, then, I said okay, something then to watch. What happened on the other 15? Part of the season. I'm, I'm asking you. I don't know. They don't have a fucking rim protector. I said that. But, so that means you don't play like any interior defense because you don't have a rim protector? Like, well, guys they're are just getting, getting beat out. Guys are just getting beat. Yeah, out on the perimeter. 
it helps if you have somebody back there to save your ass. They don't right now. Well, they might not. So yeah. that would be that would be a large concern. Well, then you have to adjust as you're going through the season on how you're going to defend the rim, how you're going to play post defense. Yeah. Clearly, the focus on, on that team was running them off the three-point line, which impacts your post defense. Now, do I think they're going to be good defending the rim if they don't get either of those guys? No. I'm just not ready to say after one game what we saw was anything out of the ordinary. No, I'm saying small sample size, just like I said on the other things. But if we're talking about what we saw, like that wasn't great. No, there were issues. And I do think they got better at it the second half. They tightened it up quite a bit. They also had a fringe NBA dude that had a very good first 20 minutes. Yeah, for sure. Um, And they, I mean, they held him seven in the second half, which I thought was pretty good considering he was really all they had firepower-wise. Yeah. What, um... I mean, what 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 did you see as far as you know? I, as far as kind of like your your more you know nuanced. I mean, it seems well, so so silly to say you know one one freaking game, but again, it's the only right. it's the only data point point we have. I mean, I, mean, I, mean, I talked about it Monday Monday night, Dave. If you would have told me that that CMOS and Vic would combine for nine points or 11 points or whatever it was. Um, I just said this was a game that got decided at like after the final media timeout. Yeah. So for me, it was really good to see like that thought that this team at its best is going to need a group of five, five, probably five guys that rotate nights, having good nights and bad nights. Mm-hmm. Because these are all guys that are going to have bad nights or off shooting nights or nights that the three ball doesn't fall or or whatever the case may be. So you're going to need a guy like Day-Day to step up and get you 15 on a night when CMOS can't, you know, put the ball in the basket. Um, That part for me was really promising. Um, Didn't like the rebounding really outside of Dan. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like I wasn't, I you know, in the first half I was, Watching, but messing around on Twitter, and in the second half, I watched a little bit and then went upstairs. And um, I felt like Dan seemed to attack fairly well on the offensive glass, um, yeah. and that was about on the it. Defensive glass too. Yeah, but I mean, especially offensively, I felt like he yeah. was really the only guy that was. And I don't know if the numbers bore you know bear that out or not. I, I did not look. So I don't. I certainly don't want to say something that uh, is factually incorrect. But I mean, we obviously know that if you know Jamil and and or Aziz are not ruled eligible, then that element of the team takes takes a pretty massive hit. But you know, against you know a team that you should do, I would think do fairly well on the backboards against what they only out rebounded them by three. I, I think that was that was something that I feel like I remember hearing Wes talk about that needed to be better. 
I agree. I agree. Um, the wing situation is going to be fun to kind of watch work out, I think. Because I, I do think, like, that's, again, one of those advantages of, like, okay, you can kind of ride the hot hand there. Like, CJ was the second wing off the bench. Yeah. But he bangs in two threes, and guess what? All of a sudden, real tough to take him off the floor the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. But I like that. I like that ability. Like, uh, you know, if Dan can get you six points early, all right, then, you know, Dan's going to get a little bit more run this game or – if CMOS has got one of those nights that he had in the Big East where he's putting up 26, 28, like you ride that hot hand. Um, well, I think it's certainly match it going to be, you know, again, without those two guys, like I think it's going to be a lot of matchup driven to where, like, you know, yeah, you're not just going to let, you're not just going to let your team get bodied. Um, because it doesn't matter how good of a three-point shooter CJ is, is if the you know, and we saw this a lot at times last year. You know, you play good defense, but you give up an offensive rebound, and yeah. you know, you give up a give up a bucket on on the second opportunity. Yeah. Well, I thought we were going to have fun talking about the opening game, but Dave's a buzzkill, so. I mean, I am having fun. <laughs> what 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 else? What else do you want to talk about? Um, I don't know. What else you got? Let's have some fun observations for Dave. Jeez. I I gave my fun ones. I started with the fun ones. Yeah, I I just I don't know. I guess I'm fatigued on like a season, Jamil. Like, okay, we saw the team on Monday night. Like, that's the team we got to talk about. Yeah, I agree, but. It's certainly still like it looms, so sure. Uh, but I like I don't know. I just uh, if we have to bring it up in every point, I'm not going to have very much fun doing this. I, Hi, Jaden. I won't bring it up every time, but it's game one, so I had no idea how it would factor in <laughs> until I saw game one. <laughs> right, that's fair. Did you see my picture standing next to Jaden, Dave? Yeah, I'm glad you took it and not me. Oh, I said it. The reason I'm laughing as that picture is being taken is I'm saying to her mom, this is going to make me look very bad on the internet. Very bad. And it did. It did. <laughs> so, so mission accomplished. <laughs> oh, man. Um, mission accomplished. Um, what else What else did you see that you liked? I, oh, Anything? I mean... John Newman's dunk was sweet. It was, especially was... most guys would pull up and jack a 17-footer with the clock running down like that. John was like, I got time to go, go dunk this thing. Or you get like the couple dribbles and the baseline pull-up where right. they brick, brick it off the front of the rim <laughs> uh, or shoot it like three feet over the hoop, right. uh, over the basket. But no, it was great Terrible to see, see him come in two-foot big explosion you know that that's promising from a from a health uh health standpoint it's not, it's not like you're on your own on a breakaway and you just you know right like you have to like you're in traffic you got to go up and get it done so uh that was good um I'm trying to think what it, again i was watching 
half-hearted. I mean, I wasn't uh, with my notepad out, you know, dissecting <laughs> each uh, each moment. It was UIC. Who, who do we got Friday night? Eastern Washington? Friday night's Eastern Washington and then Detroit on Sunday. I, you'll be at the game on Sunday, right? No. What do you mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? Sunday at noon. You'll be at Fifth Third Arena. I have anything else to do Sunday yeah, afternoon? No, nothing. <laughs> I mean, are they are they playing Kansas? <laughs> like, it's... then I might be there. No, Detroit. Oh no, they they don't have uh, what's his name anymore, do they? No, he he's finally not there anymore. Is Mike Davis still the coach? I don't think so. Or did he leave when his kid kid left? Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't think Mike Davis is there anymore. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Either remember something about him leaving, but my brain only works half the time now. Yeah. So um, no, I mean, I, I those two teams were really bad on opening night. So uh who who, who who was Eastern in Detroit? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, not, not as bad as not as bad as Vandy. He is still there. He is. Can confirm. Wow. Okay. The old the old blue hose caught another one. Uh Eastern Washington played Utah and lost 101 to 66. How'd uh how'd our former Bearcats do? I'm gonna look at that. I think there's only one there now. Oh, what who's who's there and who's not? Uh, Gabe is there. Oh, where did Mikey go? Uh, Weaver State, maybe. Oh, he's, he's loving that Utah life. No, I don't. I don't know. It's somewhere. Anyhow, Gabe Madsen, twenty-two minutes, twenty points, and five rebounds. That's nice. I heard that one of the pre preseason things predicted him as like a sleeper. Like first pack, team pack, all conference guy. Pack twelver. Yeah. McNeese. McNeese. Uh, McNeese. Okay. Yeah, McNeese State. That's what it is. I don't know um, why Weaver State popped into my brain. So they got uh they got whooped by Utah. Yep. And then the the, the, the Detroit Mercy Titans. Lost ninety four to sixty at Toledo. That's, that's not great. No, Utah at least like you can understand. Utah yeah. should be pretty good. You would think. Uh, that's not good for Detroit Mercy. No, <laughs> it's not a good sign for Sunday. It's a good sign for the Bearcats, I guess. Yeah. Um, signing day today. Tyler McKinley, Tyler Betsy, both signed, sealed, and delivered. So wonderful. A very good day. Uh, top 75 prospect, a top 40 prospect. You add a lot of length and size and shooting and offensive IQ and ability. Um, two guys that should be pretty versatile defenders with size at the four, where I mean, you're obviously not going to want to all game have them switch onto a point guard, but if you're if you get 
you're running a switching style, which they do at times. Both of these guys should be able to, to defend a two or defend a three um, in the, the overall scheme of the defense. So um, I think it, you know, I, I think it makes a, a statement, Dave, that two years in a row you've gone out and got a pair of top 100 guys. Like, all right, Cincinnati's back to recruiting at, a big 12, you know, power conference level. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you have to be able to start stacking these types of, of guys, these guys that have a high floor and all, but also have a, a high ceiling and that you can develop and that you can turn into hopefully some level of all big 12 players because Let's be honest. We've watched what happened in football this year. I'm not sure people realize. I mean, everybody wants to tweet about how the Big 12 is the best conference in <laughs> in the country. But, like, did you catch the Baylor game last night? And the dude who's a freshman that could probably be a top five pick in the draft right now? Toby Walter played. Because we ain't got none of those. I mean, I like our guys, but we ain't got none of those. The good news is there aren't a whole lot of those. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is, like, Kansas has got one. Baylor's got, like, everybody's got – has had the head start, just like in football. And, you know, and we've got to play catch-up, and we know it. But you can't play catch-up at that level if you don't start with – a Jizzle James and a Rayvon Griffin, and then add the Tylers, and then you know, hopefully, add maybe a, a Travis Pitt. Like, you have to just accumulate a bunch of those type of guys, and then hopefully, then it you works out to, from there. It's to the point where <laughs> then you can start attracting the mega transfer or the guy I don't even know his name, but the Baylor guy you just mentioned, like Jacoby Walter, yeah, right. Like, then you have like. A bunch of really, really good players, but then you can be like, now we need like, and I, I had to bring it up after the other night, Isaiah Collier. <laughs> they did have six turnovers. So, look, man, there was never a doubt physically. I, Isaiah Collier was <laughs> going to be okay when he got the college transfer. Yeah, that he, he looked like a college freshman. He did not. No. So I mean, um, the, the dudes from who the hell did they play? Uh, I, Kansas State. I knew- I didn't even they see play Kansas game, State. I saw the stats. They played Kansas State, and he had dudes just bouncing off of him as he drove yeah. it around. So, like, that's, you know, maybe in two years when you've got all these guys now that'll be sophomores and juniors and upper-tier Big 12 guys, then a guy like that is like, yes, I want to be around all those dudes because we're going to threaten to win the best conference in basketball, and we're going to go to the Sweet 16, like, and right. hopefully further. So. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a it's a big day and it could get better within the next week, but you know, and then you know, you gotta put it together on the court this year and, and attract guys to, to keep coming. Yep. The signing day number two that, that they have been associated with the Big Twelve, and both of them have had a couple major hits. Um and I like that plan more than the uh go get one four star and then uh three, four, three stars and lower to round out a class, even yeah. though those that worked, 
I'd like to try this one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're threading a lot different needle uh, when you do it this way. And, and I think, and I don't know if it's apples to apples, but I just, and I don't even know if we can necessarily avoid it in the transfer portal era. But I just, I don't, in basketball, yes, you obviously want to get the Hunter Dickinson transfer or even the Jameel Reynolds and, and Aziz Bandago transfer. But, like, how many times are you going to g bring a guy up a level or even across a level and they're going to truly make an impact on your team in basketball? Right. I feel like. I don't know how many times you see it in football. You just have so many more guys moving, and but like just so many more guys, I mean, right? That's what I mean. So you don't know. You maybe you don't notice as many, like as many of the ones that are hitting and the ones that aren't are more noticeable because there's just so many more guys. But like, you know, I just don't want to get into this cycle where we like, oh yeah, this guy averaged 15 a game at blah 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 school, and we're like, yeah, but that probably doesn't really mean anything in the big 12 it right. might have meant something in the aac but like right. i mean realistically like what is he really going to do night in and night out in the big 12 you better be going to get in a dude right so that's why i'm like get these dudes in that, that are in high school and supplement with hopefully one yeah. or two transfers not like three high school kids and four transfers hopefully we can not be in that situation as much again i don't know if that's doable because when guys are getting like, honestly, they, they, they leave so it opens up spots like you know so until i until i see different i kind of just believe now there's going to be at least five every year mm -hmm. i right i mean it's hard not to look at it that way yeah there's going to be eight guys that are happy and five guys that aren't and a couple of those guys will move up because guys graduated and transferred, and then they'll be happy. But a couple of guys are going to be left back down here, and the guys that are back down here, and the guys that graduate. I think that number is, on average, going to go like it used to be like three. Like yeah. if there's three in a recruiting class. You're like that was pretty good size class. I, mean, I think they have a good, you know, a good. I, I hate to use the term, but like culture. So yeah. like. All that's left to necessarily, and that might, it still might not keep it from happening, but like, if you just can start winning a like winning a good amount of games, I don't think guys will do that as much at this level, like at the big 12 level, night in, night out, competing, winning, like, yes, of course, somebody that comes in as a highly touted recruit that has either not developed or is just pinched on minutes or something might still leave, even if you're winning a bunch of – I mean, like, hell, Houston right. had had their backcourt. I mean, they've gone to the Final Four the last few years and their backcourt's still, you know, leaving every year. So I'm, I'm not saying that UC will be some outlier in that sense, but you hope that, that maybe that keeps that from being a yearly thing and maybe it's more of like an every other, every couple year thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but Travis Perry, we'll see. But Sunday, uh, find, is that right? Find out Sunday, yeah. Um, I, just from talking around, I don't get what, Weather's people. good this weekend. Do you think uh, Saturday, Wes is going to get a quick nine in with him? 
No, probably not because it's a dead period. <laughs> oh, okay. not to see it right now. What if they just happen? Um, what if they were both <laughs> singles? Just happened to show up at the golf course at the same time and was like, "Oh, guess we have to play together." That would still be frowned upon by the NCAA. Oh, okay. Well, I think they got a lot of other things they're worried about right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think they also like if if Wes Miller sneezes wrong right now, they're going to be taking notes of it. Pro- probably that is also true. <laughs> um, we'll find out Sunday. Uh, it doesn't feel like after the Bama visit this weekend that Bama feels like they have any traction. Bama writers are putting in predictions for Cincinnati. Like, I, I just, if, if that visit made a difference, I think we'd be hearing a much different tone out of it. Right. Um, I still think this comes down to Ole Miss and Cincinnati. Gun to my head, I'd give a slight lead to Cincinnati, but I know Ole Miss is um, being very aggressive in this recruitment. So, got to hold them off. Like, that's, you know, that's how it works. Yeah, I mean, that's how it's going to be. with. That's the way you would want it to be with every single recruit moving forward. Right. Right, we're well, down I don't, two, I don't, I don't and need the team to see, that feels like it's behind is not going to give up. I don't need to see, like, any more of, like, you know, oh, yeah, we got this one locked up because it's us and these other, you know, I'm I'm fine with that. Like, that's the way it needs to be. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we'll see. So it'll be an interesting weekend for sure and a very busy one. Friday night at 7 basketball, Saturday night at 7 football, and then noon Sunday basketball. Can't wait, Dave. Can't wait. That's that's why we got the bigger crew now. Right. But I'll still be at all of them. Oh, well, yeah. I wouldn't wouldn't expect you not to be. (laughs) What else am I going to do? Exactly. Anything exactly. else you want to get to? Let's uh, timestamp that. Yeah, we'll, we'll give them a multiple a multiple timestamp show. <laughs> Turtle brew, zero sugar, zero carbs, gluten free, bourbon infused sweet tea. They have strawberry lemonade, cherry lime, raspberry peach, orange vanilla. There's now a hundred locations in Ohio, uh, more than fifty in Cincinnati. Turtlesbrew.com for more information and to find those locations. And uh, I mean, look, Turtles Brew has, has gone big time. They've uh, they've they've changed the look. No longer in the uh, Aaron favorite uh, half gallon that he could carry around with him, but now in the more sleek and svelte containers. Uh, for Turtles Brew. So there you see the flavors and uh, make sure you get out and get you some today. Uh, finally, Home Field. Aaron, can you pull up the bomber? Home Field Apparel. Go to homefieldapparel.com. You're going to want this bomber. Have you seen it, Dave? I have. It's excellent. I mean, that logo with the, the UC and the Angry Bear Cat behind it. Well done. Well done. 
Uh, Geoff bought it. Of course you did, Geoff. Uh, fake John Goble says you can get it on the west side at White Oak Marathon uh, while you stock up with your Cincy Light. I mean, it's the perfect tailgate combination. Have yourself a Turtles Brew. Have yourself a Cincy Light. Have yourself a Turtles Brew. Have yourself a Cincy Light. Yeah, get get some to bring to Morgantown next week. Yeah, I'm sure those people like they might make a billion dollars in West Virginia if they ever move to West Virginia. Maybe. <laughs> I think they would have to go there with the handle one. Uh, there it is. The Cincinnati logo bomber, the angry Bearcat, the awesome old school UC logo. It's got the Cincinnati across the back. Very good stuff. And uh, save yourself 15% with code BCJ23 from our good friends at Home Field Apparel. Anything else around college sports you want to get to, Dave? Any basketball you want to talk about after uh, the opening um, couple of days? I mean, my friends and I were obviously making fun of Vanderbilt losing to a team that has won one game in the last count, like calendar year, basically. Um, no, basically. Like, they had not won a game in a calendar year. That was obviously hilarious for a bunch of Tennessee guys. Um, <laughs> James Madison beating Michigan State. Certainly a, a surprise, uh, you know. Yeah, any given night. I have not. Have you? I have not really outside the UC game tuned into any of the early games yet. Have you seen any anybody that? Uh, I mean, I watched Baylor Auburn intently last night. Like that was the. Was a, a good. Know, I, I was at the games. I was at the games Monday, so I didn't right. really get to like a nice high, high level any. game last night. It was. Really good. I mean, really good. Like, Auburn was playing as well as they could play for, like, 32 minutes, and they um, just couldn't shake them. Like, it was – Baylor was just still five, six points behind. Like, you know, they got my guy right Bruce. there. What's that? They got my guy Bruce. Yeah. But – well, but, I mean, you could tell Baylor was ultimately the more – Talented team. The more talented, the better team. But Auburn was playing really well. Yeah. And, like, at, at that, you hope, like, at some point that they just kind of go away. And Baylor didn't go away. And then there was, like, a maybe a three-minute stretch where it went from down four to up four. And it was like, oh, they hit, they just hit the gas on them. They're good. Aiden Holloway's really fun, too. I, I think that was one. Um, I know UC had talked to him a lot when he was like younger, but it just kind of never really fully materialized. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, that kid can flat out shoot it, Dave. And he had 18, 20, something like that in his in his college debut. Point guard for Auburn. You'll get to know him soon enough. Oklahoma State losing to Ab I mean, that was that was not a, a huge stunner though. No. Well, I guess apparently Oklahoma State has just gone full youth movement. Like already? Like week week one? Well, I mean game one coming into the season, like the the structure of the program, they just kind of said, Okay, we're gonna go young and yeah. take our lumps for a little bit and, and hope we come out on the other side. Which is, you know, I'm sure that goes over great with fans in the transfer portal era. 
I sense the sarcasm in, in your voice. Uh, Houston won by 53. Yes. I think they're going to be good at basketball. BYU won by 47. Iowa State won by 41. Kansas won by 43. Three other teams won by more than 30. Are you trying to tell me this league's good? I mean, I'm not trying. I am. <laughs> There's no trying about it. <laughs> Factually, this league is good. Did the did the boys across the river drop one? No, they won. They won? Oh, NKU, yeah. NKU won. Oh. They got smoked by Middle Tennessee, I want to say. I was a little, I was uh I mean could be totally wrong in the sense. I was I was feeling a little concerned about that game. I mean, when they had a strong year last year and were picked to finish first in their conference, right? Yeah. Maybe I still should it, feel a little uneasy about it, but I mean, getting smoked in your first game to MTSU is probably maybe a wake up call, or maybe they're just not as good. I don't know. Again, one game. Um. I mean, their two main guys had. 41 of their 57. Nobody else really did anything for them. So that's probably the the root of the issue for them is uh, what do they have around Sam Vincent and Marquise Warwick? Yeah. Um, Matt mentions uh, a little bit of football recruiting. They did offer uh, a junior college guy that was originally with Georgia They've also offered a junior college wide receiver that is a big, big mother that I watched some some highlights of, of that was pretty impressive. Um, they have been, with the 2025 class, extremely active with the offensive linemen, to say the least, with the offense. Yeah. Now, now we'll see how that, how that bears Guess out. Guess what? They but, see what we see. Yep. <laughs> Got to get better there. So, you know, encouraging, but again, you know, building yeah. the relationships and, and closing the deals and and all of that. But but yeah, I think I think it will be interesting to see, you know, the JUCO level is not nearly what it used to be. But I still think if you're looking to get a couple older high high level, you know, prototype I think his name's Marlon Dean, the guy that was originally with Georgia. I mean, he's a 6'5", 6'6", 275-pound defensive lineman. Um, I think the receiver they offered is 6'5", 215. Like, you know, you're going to want to try to get some of those bounce-back guys that went JUCO that had those measurables or had those recruiting rankings coming out of high school and and maybe it just didn't come together or there was an injury or whatever and you need to you know you need to try to hit on those and and i would say get it get a couple of those guys so we'll see if anything else uh comes along from from that spot but i i would say what i mean Maybe one or two more high school kids. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, it depends on what becomes available. I guess. Yeah. Sure. If I mean, they, if they find a lot alignment on either side of the ball that 
that they that they like. Right. Uh, I mean, they'll, sure find a, they'll find a way. They'll find a way. But I mean, I can't think of like. I mean, I'm sure there are guys, but I can't think of any off the top of my head that for 2024 that that they're like still out there. Um, You're right, Kathy. That's my bad. Eagerly. Oh, you switched them up. Uh, I'm just reading the thing. Yeah. Um, Friday is Detroit Mercy. Sunday's Eastern Washington. Yeah. That's my bad. Um, but like, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that I'm like, oh, they're still like pursuing very, very hard. Now there, I'm sure there are, and they just haven't told us. But there's, you know, I think for the most part, they're probably like very close to done from a high school standpoint. Yeah. I, mean, I think they have the I'd most. Say. I think they have the most high school commits in the league. Yeah. It's safe to say that that. We, Which we, our, our opponent on Saturday, I don't know if you've seen their recruiting. They're not, right? I mean, I don't know. I think they're like <laughs> less than 10 guys, like 111th in the country, if you want to go just by like, you know, a rankings. But like, yeah, that's an interesting strategy. I mean, they've just decided we're going to the portal, like, for everything we need. I guess. Good luck. Because if they're if that isn't their strategy, then I would be very concerned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that strategy. We'll see how how it pays off. Right. All right. I don't have a whole lot else to you. No, are there any are there any games tonight that I should watch, or did everybody basically play Monday or yesterday and now today? Mostly is... Monday and Tuesday. I scrolled through and didn't really see anything, and it's already nine thirty. So, yeah. All righty. Yep, that'll wrap it up. Appreciate everybody for tuning in as always. Thanks to Team Ticker, teamticker.com, Turtles Brew, turtlesbrew.com. Exciting stuff from both of them tonight uh, on where their business are, businesses are going forward. Matt's not, Dave. They're getting better and expanding while being partnered with the BCJ Network. It's wonderful. So it could be you. Hit me up. It could be you. We'll see you next time. Thanks to the Holy Grail, as always. We'll see you down there. Saturday night, 7 p.m., as the Bearcats take on the Cougars. This is the BCJ Podcast, right here on BearcatJournal.com.